0: Hey guys! Thank you for tuning in to College Football Unwrap. Really excited to talk about everything college football that happened in the past week. Give you guys an update and get you ready to go for this Saturday. Joined again by my host Perry Aston. Who wants to say hello? What's going on, guys? How you doing? You can follow us both on Twitter at Perry Aston and at McGowan seventy five.
1: Make sure you- to follow our page. It's been hot. Yeah, College Football Unwrapped at CFB Unwrap. We do a whole score update every single Saturday multiple throughout the day, all the upset watch, everything with the Heisman watch with stats that we put up throughout the day. So if you weren't already looking at our Twitter, make sure to go do so.
0: You can also listen to us on podcasts.com, really g- great platform. We also are going about to get verified with Apple Podcasts. So by the time that you look at us on Twitter, we should be good to go on that.
1: Yeah, hopefully. And just a huge week of college football, like Christian said. I know last week we started – with, or we kind of ended with that freshman debate what's more attractive between that freshman quarterback or that seasoned veteran that's already been there, and why are people going with that freshman new car in the driveway? And we brought up, of course, Trevor Lawrence on Clemson, and now it's becoming pretty clear he's got the job now for number three Clemson. And last game, you know, the stats, you know, didn't lie. They showed yeah, Trevor Lawrence,
0: he, uh, He threw for 13 for 18, 176 yards, four touchdowns to one interception. Kelly Bryant, six for 10, 56 yards, and uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And uh, Kelly Bryant also had four rushes for five yards. Nothing spectacular. I know he's been known for his running in the past and nothing special in that game. And I know we recording this on Tuesday morning. And Dabo Sweeney has announced that Trevor Lawrence will take the helm of Clemson going into this next week.
1: Yeah, we think about time because he's a very good player and he's clearly the right pick for the future. And I know it's always tough to do that. And we talked about the last podcast, how we feel so bad for Jalen Hearns and the situation that he's in. Although we love Tua and we love what's going on there in Alabama, you can't help but feel bad for the guy that kind of got left behind when he was the guy there. So... Clemson, the number three team, it's kind of a surprise to see Trevor Lawrence take over, but I think it's a good surprise.
0: And if any time to do it, they should do it now. They have a touch. They have a tougher matchup against Syracuse, who I think they actually did slip into the rankings. I think they're at the tail end, either 22 or 23. But they have a tough matchup against Syracuse. Nothing that they can't handle. They're the number three team in the nation. But after that, they have Wake Forest, NC State, and a really crippled Florida State. So if any time to make the change, they should make it now. Trevor Lawrence can easily get them past a the Syracuse team, even if he throws a couple picks early. They're much talented to surround him and get a win, no matter what. So. Yeah, it's
1: better to get him started early in the year when the team will rally around him and they need a leader moving forward. And if you do this later on in the year, not that it's impossible. Look at last year with Alabama when they brought when they brought in Tua. It was late in the year; everyone's still the latest a, part of Yeah, the they year. still rallied around him. It still happened. It was like a Cinderella storybook ending, but. It's always a good thing to get that rapport with your teammates and with the coaching staff, with the fans, you know, on the field, just getting those reps that getting hit the way that you don't in practice and, you know, really getting that experience and screwing up, like you said, making mistakes. So by the time that the college football playoffs are rolling around and they're probably going to be in a good position... He's you know, looking really good like the Georgia quarterback last year and he's got you know, a lot of confidence. And you have to tailor the offense to him. You have to change it to the type of play that he has compared to Bryant, like you said. The thing about they're only going to get two years with Tua Dagova. Exactly. At three. You need to just relish those two years at the very least. Let's just jump right into scores for what happened last week. We're not going to dive too much into each game, just the ones that really stood out to us, but we want to report all of them to you. Uh, FAU losing to number sixteen UCF fifty six to thirty six. It's good to um, see the
0: former national champions again. Win. <laughs> yeah,
1: and on that's on Friday, and the other game for Friday, Penn State beating Lovey Smith's Illinois team, who actually got off to a pretty good start to this game, and then just Penn State absolutely ran away. You know, two hundred yards, three touchdowns for Sanders, and you know the other guy, the backup too, Slade. He had ninety four yards and two touchdowns on top of it. McSorley, like we talked about, he's a winner. Penn State looks like a dominant running. team and they're running away with a lot of these games. I, I love them. So yeah. They're turning
0: into running back you lately,
1: just popping them out. Say quads now, Sanders too. Uh Saturday we'll start with Arizona State losing to number 10 Washington. This one hurts me a little bit. Very close in game. Yeah, though. Washington twenty seven to twenty. Herm Edwards led Sun Devils have now lost two games in a row that were tight and hard ones to lose after beating Michigan State, the Spartans, which was a big one. So not looking too good for Arizona State, but they're clearly competing. And, and they're losing tough
0: matchups. It's not like they lost to a They bad have team. had a
1: tough schedule. They've had a very tough schedule. So I think they'll be ranked towards the end of the year. They're going to string together probably six or seven wins in a row. And They they have the talent. There, Manny Wilkins. He's very talented. Someone we talked about last time. I like the coaching staff. I like the team that they have. Nikhil Harry is an absolute monster on the outside as a receiver. But... Washington keeps rolling along they're number 10 we'll move on to number two Georgia to stompin Missouri 43 to 29 Nebraska losing to number 19 Michigan 56 to 10 a blowout uh, Purdue upsetting number 23 Boston College 30 to 13. Purdue's got a lot of talent on that team so look out for them they might even slip into the rankings if not this coming week the week after Notre Dame number 8 uh, beating Wake Forest 56 to 27 Alabama beating Texas A&M number 22 45 to 23 what do you think about this game let's talk about it for a second cuz i know this was a game that some people predicted to be a possible upset Texas a and a really good team yeah they were you know 2 and 1 compared to Alabama's 3 0 but they were still ranked and they Alabama just absolutely You know, ran away with this, especially towards the end. They couldn't really find anything on offense, you know, mon their quarterback. They're the most
0: dominant team in college football. I know Nick Saban, I think it was last week he came out and said this might be the most talented team I've ever coached, top to bottom. And it really seems like that. They're just the machine that stomps on. They're so dominant at basically every position, offensive line, running back, quarterback, wide receiver don't even get me started about their defense. I just don't see a team upsetting. I mean, they're making one regular season loss, as a lot of teams do, but they're the best team in the country. I mean,
1: Tua was 22 for 30, 387 for four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he also ran the ball four times, 10 yards, and a touchdown. And of course, they put in Hertz there, who I feel terrible for, three for three, 28 yards. Atta kid, way to keep at it. So, And he rushed three times for negative seven yards. I just feel really bad for Hurts. Like I keep saying, getting those garbage time, few snaps to keep that morale up. I'm interested
0: to see if he actually redshirts or he sticks
1: this whole year out. I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's looking like it. He might. Why even put him in? I I don't get it. Uh, Let's move on to the next game. Number 12, West Virginia, 35, Kansas State, 6. Clemson, number three, like we just talked about, with Trevor Lawrence, 49, Georgia Tech, 21, 21, Miami, 31, FIU, 17, number 13, Virginia Tech losing to Old Dominion, 49-35, to another upset here, and this is a big upset.
0: It's really big, too, because Old Dominion has lost to two FCS teams this year. That's
1: a crazy, so it shows that, do you think that would be more credited to how low-key good Old Dominion is, or just the holes in Virginia Tech?
0: I think it's just Virginia Tech sorely underplaying, Old Dominion looks like they... Pulled out all the stops, played their best game, but to lose to two D1 AA teams than to beat a ranked Virginia Tech team—that's
1: college football right there. You can never predict that, it. That's
0: true. Don't don't bet money on college football, but <laughs> that it takes Virginia Tech to play a very bad game for that to happen.
1: Right, uh, number four, Ohio State stomping Tulane, forty nine to six. Texas with another upset here. This is a team that we need to start paying attention for. 31 over number 17 TCU, 16. That was a big upset after they just beat USC the week before. Texas is a team that's back on the rise, and the coach was on the hot seat, quote-unquote. Yeah, Tom
0: Herman. He left a good situation in Houston. I felt really bad that he came in and didn't have a good first year because I'm really high on him. and It was almost one of those stars aligning type thing. He started there as a graduate assistant, and now he's there as the head coach, but... I'm glad that they're making it work because Texas is one of those schools just like USC. You know you're going to get recruits. You know you're going to have infinite amount of money to spend on your program, so there's no reason they shouldn't succeed.
1: And the storyline for this would be TCU's quarterback, Sean Robinson. Again, someone that has the potential to be great, has the athleticism, and has put up crazy numbers, but they found a way to stunt him and make him throw the ball, hence why he had those two interceptions. He had to throw the ball 29 times. He only ran the ball nine times. What he's good at is running the ball. That's I know that six, nine carries for fifty-seven yards sounds like a great stat line for a quarterback on the ground. But for Sean Robinson, you know you need to be putting that on the ground fifteen times, especially when your running backs only rushing it twelve times. Exactly. It's it's not like you have a predominant runner there. And if you're not going to win the game, if you're a very lopsided offense, and with Texas they just took advantage, of course, with their quarterback playing a very efficient game. Ellinger, 22 for 32 for 255 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he also ran one in as well. Great game from Texas, so it's good to see them, like you said, back on the rise. BYU, number 25, they're there now, 30 against McNeese. 30. Yep, I
0: played against McNeese in college, they're uh, located uh, in a little, it's dope? like the Reno, Nevada of uh, Louisiana. Was fun?
1: Yeah. Did you stay yeah. at like a Motel
0: 5? No, no, we say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we say like a Best Westerner, so. I don't know. We we didn't stay anywhere that's bad, but we didn't sense.
1: stay anywhere really good. Motel four. <laughs> we got uh, another upset here. Kentucky twenty eight over Mississippi State, who was ranked fourteenth. Twenty eight to seven. Kentucky, Kentucky's the real deal. Yeah, Kentucky's on the rise. They're seriously playing well, and this is a team that no one expects them to, you know, be good at football. This is a basketball school, and over the last year or two, this has been a school that's. Been really seriously up. on the rise, picking
0: it up. It's helping the SEC too because them and Vanderbilt have always been looked at as the the redheaded stepchild in terms of football. I mean, Kentucky's in the SEC.
1: undefeated and they don't Ju- have much of a passing game. They're a very run dominant, you know, offense. They, do, they but... have a
0: JUCO quarterback, uh, very athletic. You know, kind of how uh, TCU is. You know, their quarterback can't throw the ball necessarily for large amounts, but can run it and
1: it looks like their offense is working. Yeah, I mean their running back Snell. He had four touchdowns on the ground and just absolutely ran all over this Mississippi State defensive line. Uh L S U number six, thirty eight over LA Tech, twenty one. Number five, Oklahoma, barely edging out Army in overtime, twenty eight to twenty one. Army's that's is that a school that you should be looking at looking out for? Army or?
0: Not in terms of the college football
1: playoff, but... No, no, no. Not in that regard. No, but but any,
0: any of the military academies, I think Air Force would be the one that you could probably sleep on a little bit, but definitely Navy and Army are teams that if you don't come correct, they will beat you. They will work. They will fight until the last very second, and that's just a testament because if I had to imagine, Oklahoma probably thought they had the week off. They probably came in their lackadaisical. Army's ready to go every single week, and... The fact that it came all the way down, basically Kyler Murray making that miracle scramble and scoring in the end zone, just shows you that there is enough talent there, and when that talent works hard, they're a team that you have to
1: come correct. Kyler Murray, 165 yards through the air with three touchdowns and a pick, and he also ran one in. Like you just said, he had 71 yards on the ground, so showing his athleticism, the fact that he's carrying this team, very impressive from Kyler Murray. Of course, he can't control the defense against Army. Another upset, Texas Tech 41 over number 15 Oklahoma State. That's a convincing win, 41-17. to 17. That's Oklahoma State. Didn't they just pound Boise State? State we yeah. were talking about that being such an exclamation point there and them really taking it to them. You got Texas Tech coming there and really showing it to them. So this is, a like we said, college football week in and week out. It's you got really to correct. It's, it's really hard to predict. So – Number nine, Auburn, thirty-four, stopping Arkansas, thirty-four to three. Arkansas,
0: I think, is gonna be the worst team in the SEC this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're I mean, Auburn's gonna be great as always. Number twenty-four, Michigan State, barely hanging on to that twenty-five, you know, in the top twenty five. They're always there. I hate them. Um <laughs> I, was, I was so happy Arizona State beat them. Thirty five over Indiana, twenty-one. The game of the week, number right. seven Stanford, number twenty Oregon. Stanford edged this out thirty-eight to thirty-one, but it was pretty much Oregon screwed this up by trying to run the clock out and their running back fumbling the ball and giving them another chance. And this was crazy because
0: Oregon never was down in this game yeah. until they lost. Yeah, and
1: it's so the uh win probability on ESPN when you're looking at the app, it pretty much dipped all the way to ninety-nine percent with just a minute to go or something like that. To Oregon multiple times and shot up to 100% to Stanford the last second and it was never up in the red and I've just never seen something like that on the app personally so I thought that was really cool and a game that really caused a lot of stir around the media Uh, 18 Wisconsin defeating Iowa 28 to 17 so that would be the last game for the top 25 this last week and it was exciting important games exciting weeks it was because you saw how many upsets there were how many big teams playing against each other this is just another big week and trevor lawrence of course highlighting it as i would say our player of the week
0: yep the the dawn
1: of a new era of clemson football at least until he would be our gem of the week whatever we would call that segment it'd be the trevor lawrence of the week that's what we'll call it so to talk Uh, about
0: some uh another segment we're gonna do a heisman watch every week you can account count for that on us so just i was called it is about a year of the quarterbacks in terms of uh not only the nfl but college football as well i know the nfl there's not a single 100 yard rushing game yet in the nfl so not as much in both the ncaa and the nfl so my heisman watch is comprised of all quarterbacks kyler murray you can consider him a little bit of a running back but he's a quarterback so, Will Greer, um, this is in no particular order. This is just everyone that fits into my category. And then as the season goes on, I'll start assigning who I think is 1, 2, 3. I think it's a little early. So, no particular order, Will Greer, completion percentage 74.7%, 1,117 yards, 14 picks, 3 interceptions. Now, the Big 12, he hasn't really gotten to the meat and potatoes of it yet, I mean but, that,
1: that's a solid completion percentage, and that's an accurate passer there. That's throwing for over a thousand yards and fourteen touchdowns. Yeah,
0: last year he was around sixty-two percent completion. I know he said that he really wanted, not to me personally, obviously, but he said he wanted to he raise his percentage. Christian. Yeah, I was he like, told Yo me dog, like this <laughs> percentage is just not working for me. Just as Corbin owns the Packers, but. Uh he is seventy over 70% or even over 65, in my opinion, is a really good completion percentage, it especially is. in college. So seventy, basically 75% of his passes, three of every four passes are completed. That's really good. Tua Togova, he has the least amount of completions, 58 for 80, 72.5%. But he has 1,033 1, yards, 12 picks, zero interceptions. His uh, NCAA quarterback rating is 2305
1: that and this, is, and we're not accounting his rushing stats either. That's
0: insane. I yeah, he had a rushing touchdown last week. I know that, but he he's just incredibly efficient. It's just insane. I think that obviously his team around him elevates him, and that's. I was
1: going to say it's a testament to Alabama as well. As well, but, but like we said, to pick him over a guy like Jalen Hearns shows that they believe in him. Shows what, how what a rare talent that he is and to see what he's doing game in and game out, he's not making mistakes. He hasn't thrown an interception. And he's
0: split time with Hearns too, so these numbers are taken to the fact that he was battling a little bit. Yeah, the pity
1: numbers they're giving to the backup now to when they gave everything to him, he'd be piling this off. He's basically just been getting them up and then coming
0: out. So the next quarterback, someone that has been talked as maybe the possible number one pick in the next year's draft, Herbert out of uh, Oregon, he's throwing the least accurate, 63.2% has 1,186 yards, 13 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He has the worst situation around him as all. And
1: him and Dwayne Haskins, like you said, they both are throwing 114, 115 passes so far compared to everyone else around 80 to 90. So they are taking a little bit more upon themselves too. They don't have as much of a, I would say, balanced offense around them to where they're relying on the run. They're doing a little bit too much, but at the same time, look at what what they're doing. They're really making big plays.
0: Exactly. uh, He... I think Colin Coward was the one who I was listening to. They're talking about him as the possible number one pick, and he would have been a top pick last year if he was able to go out. So, when Oregon gets deeper into the season, he's someone that you need to keep your eye on as a dark horse. He for sure is my dark horse out of this group to uh, slip in and win it. Definitely. So, the uh, person who's already been drafted, just not in football, Kyler Murray, he's thrown 60 completions, 88 incompletions, 68.2%, 1,028 yards, 11 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. While also rushing for 240 with three touchdowns. Now, he is, I think, someone who fits the Heisman mold. He's the one who throws the ball and runs the ball. That's someone who typically wins the Heisman but doesn't get drafted the highest. Right.
1: The college quarterback. Exactly.
0: He's the college quarterback. I think that he has the most likely chance outside of Tua Togova to win it. And that's, and I think, Will Greer's a better quarterback. So. How do you feel about him as a whole, and how do you think he compares to the other guys talent-wise?
1: I mean, I like him a lot. Like you said, being a college quarterback, I love his athleticism and what he's able to do by putting the team on his back, and I'd like to see that more from a guy like Sean Robinson, like I said, at TCU, which just shows the difference, and yes, they've tended this offense more to Kyler Murray instead of what they did last year with Baker Mayfield, and it shows that He's able to run an offense that's based around himself, which, like you said, might not translate to the NFL as well. But for the Heisman watch, like what we're doing, that's the perfect formula. That's volume. That's flashiness. That's He has
0: that iconic win against Army. You know, he ran it in to score it to win. That's, you know, I know the Heisman profile. Yeah. It's also iconic plays, iconic wins, and he's
1: starting to rack those up. Yeah, it's going to continue all year. He's going to following the footsteps of Baker Mayfield for just that flash and just everyone loving him and being on that big stage. Oklahoma, it's the Sooners are on a big stage there in college and people watch them. So yeah. Kyler Murray's great and the thing is he's still throwing, you know, the same amount of passes as a guy like two or a guy like, you know, maybe Will Greer, but he's also running the ball too, you know, a lot of yards, touchdowns as well. So yeah,
0: that's a focal point of their offense. I mean, you have to honor his speed more so than Tua Tagovas, more so than uh, Will Greer. So just keep an eye on him as someone to also win it outside of. I think Tua would be my artificial number one, even though I'm not ranking them. And I think uh, Kyler would be my number two. So the last person I have on my list is uh, Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. He's thrown the most passes and also has the highest completion percentage. He's had an incredible year, so he's currently completing 75.7%. Of his throws, he's thrown 115 of them. He's thrown for 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, one interception. I don't think he'll be able to keep this up all season. I think he's really showing out the first couple of games. But if he is on this trajectory, he's going to be the most impressive quarterback, at least
1: stat-wise. Definitely. He's very impressive and someone that wasn't on my radar either. So I'm surprised to see these kind of numbers and this kind of efficiency. Yeah.
0: I thought Tate Martell, honestly, um, going into spring ball, thought he was going to be the one to actually win the competition and it's just surprising to see that the person I didn't expect to even win the competition is the one that's now in my Heisman watch. Right. So that's the end of uh, that rounds out the end of my category. So uh, just a little section that I wanted to bring up real quick is with uh, Florida State off to that weird. I know we talked about it last podcast. Off to that really weird start. They've only beaten a Division One double A team barely in a Sampson, and then they beat uh, I want to say it was NC State this past week. Yeah. Um,
1: Florida State looks weak. They, The whole team doesn't look good. They yeah, the, it was well. Northern
0: Illinois. I apologize. They, they, they beat Northern Illinois. Just don't look good top to bottom. Even the teams they've beaten, it's just not... They, they didn't look good when they won. It's teams they should have obviously beaten. And I think when I look back to the teams he has coached at in the past two years, USF and Oregon... They're much much better off without him than yeah. What is at Florida State? Especially what
1: he did at Oregon, it was so shady. It's like yes. he was in and out. That was it. And right. just to go,
0: just to go home to Florida. You know, it was the per, you know oh, it was the perfect job, the job I always wanted. Well, you signed a commitment, you recruited players, you promised them you're going to be there for X amount of time, and you now have people that you made promises to that you 100 broke, and just so you can go home. So I would
1: call it karma in this situation 100%. just with how this is working, but also just the lack of talent on florida state and i know that it's surprising with how good their recruiting class is over and over again but the i cares. just think it's the overhype no, the, the, the players, talent is there the overhype of the players that may be there and or just the fact that they don't want to play for their coach i've watched
0: it's i think every game outside of the samson game of florida
1: state i watched the syracuse game and that's they, all i had to watch they
0: they don't look good t- their offensive line does not look good but they have the good pass rusher they have good defensive backs they have a good quarterback wide receiver and running back they have enough on that roster to at least be a top 25 team, and they can barely beat Division One AA teams and suspect FBS teams. Yeah. So I, th- I agree with you. I think it is karma. I think it's you get what you ask for, and yeah. I hope that, you know, I don't want to root against a team, but I want to root for Oregon, even though they're USC's rival, and I want to root for USF because they're thriving right now without yeah, them. Yeah, they are. So Willie Taggart, car- karma is a thing. So we want to go over uh, AP Top 25. They released their updated
1: rankings. Shocker, Alabama's number one. Just wanted to start off with that one. Yeah. So until Alabama
0: uh, shrugs, they're going to be number one. Georgia number two, Clemson number three, Ohio State number four, and LSU number five. So I just want to stop right there for a second. Three SEC teams in the top five. Yeah, that's the dominance of the SEC. It happens year in and year out. I hate it because I talked so much smack against them when I lived in the South, how they were overhyped, overrated. But I think I need to eat crow on this one and just give some respect to the SEC. They have South doesn't mess around. That's it. They're dominant right now. They're probably comp- comprised of California boys. That's probably why they're so good. But uh, no, they're really dominating right now, and I just want to tip my hat to the displayed excellence of the SEC. So number six, we have Oklahoma. Number seven, the first Pac-12 team, Stanford. Number eight, Notre Dame number 9, Penn State, number 10, Auburn, number 11, Washington, 12, West Virginia, and then the former national champions, the UCF Golden Knights at 13. That's pretty impressive, the first uh, non-Power 5 team at 13, UCF. Even if they win all their games, where do you think that they end up? Realistically, do you think they I hate to get to the top that, five? I
1: hate to say that college football is going to screw them again and not put them in the college football playoffs, even if they're undefeated. But after last year, it's just hard to tell. Honestly, they'll if they keep this up, I think they'll deserve to be fourth. But they're going to they'll finish at like sixth.
0: I just want to note this on the podcast because it was something that I looked and I was like, "What if UCF wins all their games? It'll be
1: like six, unless they get super lucky and people in the top ten are just dropping like flies." then they're going to have no choice. This is a situation where if it comes down to it to the end and it's between a few power conference teams and them,
0: right? They're going to get
1: the short end of the stick.
0: If you go cuz I follow the traditional thinking of if you lose you have to drop. I do too. Nine spot, nine teams, if they stay undefeated, I could think at least all these nine teams have a chance of losing one, at least one more of their games this season. And I still think UCF is going to get shafted.
1: Yeah, I I just don't see a scenario where they get given, where they give them. They get the nod to go in. uh, And
0: I also think it boils down to money because if it's you know, let's just say it's Oklahoma versus UCF, how many more fans are going to turn and how much more money? So it's a business. It is a business, but I think going forward we need to have like a bubble team just as the you know um, NCAA tournament for basketball has bubble teams. Yeah, we're, we're
1: rooting for UCF to win this year. So I wanna see it. We're I wanna w- have that on record.
0: I think everybody wants to see a Cinderella story, but we gotta make it work. So that'll be a actually let's talk about that on the next spot. Let's put a pin on that. So number fourteen, Michigan. Number 15, Wisconsin. I'm not very happy with Wisconsin this year. I think they're a team, just as Miami at 16, a team that's likely to fall out of the top 25. I'm not super impressed with their teams top to bottom as they were to start the
1: year. Two teams after that, 17, Kentucky, 18, Texas. These are teams that I'm extremely impressed Man, with. That are going to rise. Teams that are going to rise. Teams that no one expected. We're talking about Cinderella story. Look at Kentucky, undefeated, number 17 overall in the country.
0: Even 19, Oregon, I, I would throw them into that category. Yeah, and the only
1: reason why they're at 19 right now is because they just lost a heartbreaker. Well, they actually,
0: they, were number, they went up
1: once No, I'm just saying, losing. yeah, but they lost a heartbreaker if they oh, would have yeah. won that game against a higher-ranked state. Stanford, they would have moved up a ton. Nothing so they
0: would jettison into the top i I'm just 10.
1: glad to see the you know committee not really screwing them for a game that a was tough loss. such a toss-up for a team that was better than them, ranked-wise.
0: It's interesting to see how they, they can still go up after a loss, but it's the pretenses of the loss. It's in also which the it people happens.
1: who lost in front of you, too.
0: No, you're right. So number 20, uh, the Storm and Mormons of BYU. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, yeah, uh, the, the large the Samoans playing football yeah. for their team. That's the whole point of recruitment. It's global. Number 21, Michigan State, another team that I think is very suspect and has a chance to fall out of the top 25 basketball school, just like Duke at 22. I've been a fan of Duke for years. They've been putting a lot more money into their football program, a team that I have seen an increased rise. I think they had... One All-American in the past four years commit to their school, but for football, obviously. I mean,
1: 4 now they're playing very well this year. we got to exactly. give they're, them they're credit. S-
0: they're in the ACC, and um, that was something I want to mention. They're the first team that Clemson's going to face. Uh, it's the week before Thanksgiving. That's going to be a ranked team. So Trevor Lawrence, he has about five games until he has to uh, play Duke, and that's if they stay undefeated. Number 23, Mississippi State, after uh, getting, getting whooped by Kentucky. Yeah, that uh, was a
1: that was a romping
0: that was bad there was at 71 yards passing and they and they lost like that that's they got they ran
1: down Mississippi State's throat just four touchdowns on the ground and it's a 24 Cal and 25 Texas Tech
0: so Texas Tech
1: slipping in there after winning yeah, this week a
0: school that uh consistently I think it's funny because uh, Texas Tech there's a lot of quarterbacks that go from Texas Tech to Cal I think uh what's his name that plays for the Giants um, who Webb yeah Webb was a case like that. Texas Tech is a school that, just like uh, Texas a and a bunch of quarterbacks you've heard of have transferred out of there and done, yeah. done amazing things. So Cal is a team that's going to be on the bubble, but Texas Tech, I was reading the top quarterback list earlier, they have one of the most efficient offenses like always, but their quarterback is number three or four behind the Hawaii kid. They're a very efficient team, so to be in the top 25 and to put up those numbers in a Power 5 conference, I think we got to put a... Just opinion it on Texas Tech and see where they go because I think they have a, they're a team that is very likely to rise.
1: No, I totally agree. And I'm, of course, the top 25 changing week in, week out, always going crazy. We're going to post that on our Twitter as well when we put up our episode today. Please go follow us on Twitter at CFB Unwrap. Follow us for all the score updates. Follow us for all of the upset alerts. Follow us for all the Heisman Watch. Follow us for everything that you need to see. Highlights of these players. Kyler Murray, that crazy run against Army like we were talking about. That's on our Twitter. Everything that you want to go see, make sure to go check us out on there. Podcast.com, we're going to be hosting our podcast on there. And soon-to-be Apple Podcast app hopefully by this episode if not it'll be by the following episode but we'll keep you guys updated on that go follow me on twitter at perry aston and follow Kristen on twitter at mcgowan 75 you can follow our twitter like we said at cfb unwrapped And that's it we'll see you guys next time i was just so happy to talk about college football week in and week out thank you guys for coming in for this quick
0: update we got some big things coming in the future so stay tuned